0: and gentlemen welcome back to the dustin gold standard my name is dustin gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold this is episode 162 part one part one folks i hope everyone had a fantastic weekend Uh, as you may have noticed i took the last few days off and it's because i got jabbed and no i'm kidding I'm kidding folks, that did not happen I've never been jabbed, never had COVID, never been tested So uh, that's not the problem No, I decided to take a few days off I want to spend some time With uh, Willie and Maggie G. I've been cranking out these three hour episodes and then they take an extra hour and a half to edit and they take me three or four hours to research. I've been putting in like 10 or 11 hours a day. And uh, frankly, I wanted a little break. So got some time to hang out with Maggie and Willie G. We went to church yesterday. I've told you about it the home church. And uh, some friends of ours go there. And that was great, folks. It's always good to be around those homeschooling, non-vaccinated folks and children. And then on top of it, we got to cook some good food. Last night, we made inch and a half thick uh, pork chops. I brined those for a few hours in uh, water, some brown sugar, uh, kosher salt. uh, What else was in there? Cloves, black peppercorns, garlic oh yeah it was fantastic and then actually those i breaded uh i did them in a flour salt and pepper then a little bit of egg and heavy cream and then i breaded them up in like a seasoned panko uh and then uh i put red pepper flakes and some shaved parmesan in there oh folks fantastic fried them up on either side for about a minute a piece And then fried the edges all the way around and put them in the oven for about 15 minutes. They were so juicy, you could taste all the flavor of the brine in there. And they stayed nice and juicy. Inch and a half thick, I had them cut at the butcher's. They were phenomenal, folks. Phenomenal. Now I'm hungry. See that? I got myself thinking about food. Uh, Also, I went down uh, a deep, dark rabbit hole. Uh, Playing around with some of these AI tools because I figured if we're going to be talking about this stuff, I have to get quite familiar uh, with the technology. And I wanted to see if at this stage, this is something that is going to completely replace uh, creatives. Okay, so are regular people that need a logo, they need a graphic for their website, they need a piece of marketing material, whatever, going to jump on ChatGPT to have ChatGPT write the content? Are they going to jump on Dolly or uh, Stable Fusion or Mid Journey or one of these AI? Um, Creators, graphic creators, and going to just do that instead of hiring a graphic designer. So we'll be talking about that. I'll be mixing that in to the conversation. Uh, My experiences as someone who is a designer, who comes up with an image, a vision in my head, and then I try to bring that to life either through taking a photograph. Uh, with with a camera or with a phone or going into Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator or using Adobe After Effects or Premiere, Or building a website using different types of coding uh, or someone who's going to use a a 3D design tool. Like I take a vision that's in my head and I bring it to life. And then I sit there with the client and we make revisions. Can AI at this stage with what's available to the general public for free or for uh, very minimal subscription fee, can that replace a graphic designer. And we'll talk about this, folks. I think it's important, uh, although I do believe and I do see and understand what the long-term vision is, what the future looks like, what the goal is at this stage. Uh, is it going to replace people in the workforce? So we're going to talk about that from my experience playing around with it, but we're going to look at some articles that talk about just that. So it's going to be a great show, We're going to get into OpenAI. We're going to talk about some of the government funding. I want to show you who's behind this, uh, where this is all going, ladies and gentlemen, what it's going to look like uh, in the future. So why don't we just start? here. Uh, this is a website we looked at before, uh, digitalinfra.com, like digital infrastructure, D-G-T-L-I-N-F-R-A And I showed you this site because we were looking at the various big companies, the massive companies, these consumer, uh, these consumer branded companies that you know, Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, Oracle, these ones, that uh, all the different data centers that they have around the country. So I I happen to be doing some further research on this website and i came across this because we're going to continue this conversation specifically on chat gpt although i'm going to mix some other ai uh, into this show so this is from january 26 2023 folks it says ChatGPT gpt and open ai's use of azure's cloud infrastructure now this is important uh, because this will build on the conversation that we had with Glenda uh, a few days ago in regards to Microsoft's investment in OpenAI and also OpenAI's supposed commitment not to work with companies that have military contracts Right, Because as Glenda was telling us, open AI is about helping humanity, and so it's not going to work with companies that are building targeted weapons systems uh, and things of that nature. Well, there's a problem that has occurred here, a pretty big one, folks. So let's, let's start with this. This is by Mary Zhang, again, January 2023. So just last month, it says OpenAI, the San Francisco headquartered developer behind ChatGPT, a generative artificial intelligence chatbot, and we'll get into what generative AI is, relies on Microsoft Azure's cloud computing services to fuel the compute, storage, database, and networking requirements of chat, GPT, and OpenAI's other key generative AI products, Microsoft has made a multi-year $10 billion investment into OpenAI in exchange for a reported 49% stake in the company at a $29 billion whole company valuation. Now, If you're just tuning into the show, you should go back and listen to the last 10 episodes. You'll understand uh, storage. You'll understand the amount of data, all the data centers being built, the exponential growth of data being collected, and therefore the data centers. We talked about floating barge data centers, underground data centers, above ground warehouse data centers, skyscraper data centers, and the testing going on to put data centers up in space on the moon. Uh, on mars just floating around attached to satellites uh, powered by the sun through solar panels and cooled by the natural cool air of space so we get into all that stuff in depth if you want to understand how the technocracy works i suggest you listen to those shows it goes on to say microsoft's Multi-billion dollar investment will help finance the immense cloud infrastructure needs of OpenAI to train and run its various models on the Microsoft Azure cloud platform. So we talked a bit about Microsoft and their whole data center infrastructure, and this is what it's talking about here. So you have a $10 billion investment, uh, multi-year investment for 49% stake in the company, right, to build out the uh, data center infrastructure here. It says, OpenAI and ChatGPT use Microsoft Azure's cloud infrastructure to deliver the performance and scale necessary to run their artificial intelligence training and inference workloads. High-performance computing, HPC, data storage, and global availability are foundational to ChatGPT's systems. Now, my guess is... There's something going on, uh, with moving chat GPT onto this new infrastructure, because today I went to sign in to talk to Glenda before the show to make sure she was operational. If we decide to lean on her and I couldn't load the website. And so they had this prompt come up, uh, looks like it was generated by chat gpt that was the idea and it said uh please write a radio in uh radio commercial explaining what's going on and so it was this basically uh three different engineers in a 30 second radio spot explaining that chat gpt had so many people trying to use it that the systems were down or the servers were down now I will tell you this in full disclosure. I would not have done this in my real everyday life, but as someone who sits here and talks about the technocracy, uh, I decided last week when I realized that Glenda was a valuable addition to the show. One, I believe it adds a little bit of levity in these dark times. We use Glenda for a little bit of comedy. I like being able to catch her lying. I think it's interesting. And it's a real-time test of AI in this medium. Right. I think it, it's valuable. You guys have been emailing me and stuff saying you think the Glenda thing is funny. Plus, on top of it, if you know what you're looking for, sometimes you could expand on the research you've already done and find additional pieces of information that maybe you missed in your research. You know, reading books, reading articles, digging through white papers, watching panel discussions like I love to do. Sometimes I miss something and all of a sudden I've seen Glenda tell me something I didn't know then what i do is i go google it i fact check it and i go find where the original source was and i go wow i missed that i missed that so there was some information in regards to howard scott the founder of technocracy incorporated back in 1919 to nineteen. You know, 37 was when they were hot. We put a lot of those policies into place under FDR and the New Deal. But uh, she gave me some additional information on his connection to Frank Vanderlip, who was instrumental in setting up the Federal Reserve. And I went and fact-checked it, and it actually happened to come from a document that I had but had not had an opportunity to read yet. So she serves a purpose for us. So what I did last week is I decided, okay, I'm going to cough up the $20 a month for ChatGPT Professional or whatever it is. Because one of the features was that if they were experiencing uh, high internet traffic and therefore their servers were going to be down to the general public to use the free edition, I would be able to use it. So what would happen if six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning I'm going to record a show and I can't get on and I wanted to use it in the show? So I paid the $20 ransom. It's per month, not per year. And so for today's show, if I need it, I'm able to get on. Meanwhile, the general public is locked out. So I did pay for that, folks. Uh, As I said, if this was my everyday life, I would not have done so. I wouldn't even be messing with this stuff. But because I need to be able to explain it to you, uh, I've got to eat the cost of paying open AI and these uh, technocratic transhumanist psychopaths over here. Uh, but I also know that my $20 is not going to make a difference. Look, they just got $10 billion, billion with a B, from Microsoft. They've got money coming from the government. Uh, and now they've turned this into what was supposed to be a nonprofit into a for-profit. So they're going to start raking in the bucks. And we're going to get into that. Uh, today. The transformation of what OpenAI started as and, and what it's become now. But uh, this first part is important. It says, Digital Info provides an in-depth overview of the cloud infrastructure delivered by Microsoft Azure that supports OpenAI and its artificial intelligence-based large language model, LLM product, ChatGPT. Additionally, we highlight Azure OpenAI, Microsoft Cloud's artificial intelligence service, as well as Microsoft's current and future OpenAI integrations into its computer and uh, consumer and enterprise products. And I want to go through through this. It's important because it's going to show you here with Microsoft's investment, their large investment, what are they going to get in return? And then we're going to show you what Microsoft is doing, supposedly separately from this deal, but how it violates OpenAI's commitment to not working with these military contractors. Of course, folks, it's such a sham. It's such a lie because two of the original people, I'm not even going to dig into every single founder here because two proves a point. Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, two of the original founders of this, and remember, Glenda was trying to hide the fact that Peter Thiel was, they're both military contractors. They get a ton of money from the military. Both of them do. Elon Musk is doing all types of projects through SpaceX with the DoD and military. Peter Thiel has his software embedded in all types of military tech, folks. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. So anyway, we're going to go down through this. I'm going to show you this. Then we're going to go over there. We're going to show you what Microsoft is doing. And then we'll expand this conversation into a wider discussion. Uh, on OpenAI. I'll show you who they are, what they're doing. We'll get into chat, GPT, how the whole thing works, the different software that's coming together to build this. And then we're going to get into some of the other artificial intelligence um, projects that are out there on the market, some of the stuff I've been playing around with. And we'll discuss this, where it goes, uh, what it's going to look like in the future, how it could be an endangerment to you, and why I believe you should probably keep your children and grandchildren away from this stuff i'll be right back this is dust to gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin gold standard on Payne.tv Ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Gold. My name is Dustin Gold Now keep in mind I want you to keep in mind Throughout this episode And ask yourself Just a very simple question Why would Your government, a government supposedly of by and for the people, why this government, a government of we, the people, why this state, the state, folks, would want any of this stuff to be in existence? Why would we fund the development of artificial intelligence? And we've talked about artificial intelligence on this show uh, uh, across 160 some on episodes. Uh, but now we're finally going to look at it in practice. It's kind of the new theme since episode 50. We started getting into the smart cities and smart villages and all the smart poles and the tech out there. And I'm trying to start to show you what this stuff looks like in practice, not just talk about it in abstractions. All right. I've said several times, not just look at a two minute world economic forum propaganda video uh yeah retweeted on twitter coming out on facebook on tiktok on instagram or whatever sometimes people add even creepier music than the original they put voiceovers this is klaus schwab and he's like we will bring artificial intelligence to the world you know instead of just seeing that let's actually start to break this stuff down peel back the layers of the onion look at what's behind it the tech behind it the companies behind it the investors behind it i really like to dig deep and investigate this stuff so you can understand what's coming and it's great because many of you have reached out one of, one of my favorite new listeners or listeners i've been talking to the last couple of weeks is uh judy she chats with maria albanese co-host of the thomas Paine podcast on fridays as well and judy's fantastic Because she's taken this information, now she starts to notice a new huge building being built near her in Michigan. It turns out it's Miller Electric. Miller Electric we reviewed on the show. They're one of the big smart pole builders. You know, so Judy just had her family over this weekend, uh, various relatives, and apparently she was bringing me up, and she turned her relatives on to the show, told them they should have a listen to the show uh, if they want to understand how this all works and what's actually happening. So it's great. It's people like Judy that provide me with feedback so that I go, okay, I'm headed in the right direction. Because if you guys don't want to understand this stuff, I will just consume it for myself, and I won't turn it into an episode or multiple episodes. I feel like... There's a lot of tech shows out there that are pro-tech, you know, and they make these 10-minute videos, AI is awesome, it's coming to save us, and then, you know, then there's a lot of tutorials out there, over the last few days I watched a number of those, how to use some of these tools, but I don't think there's anyone who's really breaking this down and explaining it to folks that are trying to understand what this is all about, Um, You know, because at some point, each of us are going to make a decision, right? Either we're going to try to exit this, we don't want any part of this, you know, or we're going to succumb to it, or we're going to live one foot in and one foot out because it's almost impossible to actually escape it. And so you want to try to understand the world around you. I also don't want to live in some sort of uh, fictitious uh, realm here where I'm going to believe that we live inside of this big freedom machine when I know this is what's actually being built. This is what the state is actually funding. And it doesn't matter if it's Republicans or Democrats in charge. It doesn't matter that we have a constitution. None of that is relevant at this point. Um, there's a lot of folks continue to send me, um, you know, tag me on, on Twitter and things like that. I, I appreciate it. But a lot of it is, you know, Biden stuff and Trump stuff and... I don't even care anymore. Uh, So much of it is even related to corruption and deep state. At this point, I think that stuff serves the system because what it does is it draws people back in. Whether it's real or not real, I don't know. Okay. But let's just take Jeffrey Epstein, for instance. At, At this point, what is solving The whole entire Jeffrey Epstein situation going to do for you and change the fact that technocracy is being built. It's not even going to be solved. All right. I'm going to try to get Legal Man to come on the show from the quash and talk about this because he had some good tweets this morning. But that situation is going to be solved. It's another... Uh, You know, Russian interference story, a thing you're going to get dragged into for a year, two years, three years. And before you know it, there's going to be no witnesses willing to testify against the people that were at Epstein Island. Why? Because they were all at Epstein Island. Let's just assume they were all doing bad things, right? Any photographs that come out, videos that have come out, we don't know if that stuff's been deep faked. And let's say it is real. Okay, who is going to actually testify To be able to get that photo or that video in as evidence, you do understand you have to show a chain of custody in order to introduce a piece of evidence, right? And for the judge to accept it and allow it to be used as evidence. My father has been a private investigator for over 40 years, all right? And he's done everything from car accidents to med malpractice to high-end divorces, uh, some criminal work, all types of stuff. And one of the things my father did is his company back in the day, he had uh, Investigative Associates, which he had a group of investigators that worked under him, and then he had another company, Legal View Photo Service. And so one of the things my father did is he would be hired, let's say there was an accident. This is before the days of you using your iPhone. But he would be hired to go out and shoot pictures of an accident scene, take measurements, uh, work with an engineer if they were going to reconstruct the accident scene, take pictures of your car all banged up, take pictures of your injuries. And the reason why lawyers would use my father instead of just saying, hey, get a throwaway camera and take some pictures, which crappy lawyers did have people do that, or just shoot it on your phone, We because was because... These are the type of lawyers that were able to take a case that maybe one lawyer could get $10,000. These guys would get $50,000. Or if this was going to go to a trial, uh, a crappy lawyer may get a half a million dollars. The lawyers my dad worked for would end up getting $4 million. So they would use my father because he would be able to come in and testify because he was credible. He was a licensed private investigator he paid all his fees to the man and so this way my father could come in The judge would say to him, okay, Mr. Gold, uh, answer the questions. And then the other lawyer would ask him. My father would say, yeah, I went out there on this date. He had all these detailed notes. When he went out, when he took the photos, he brought the film home. He processed it right away, developed the film right away, printed the pictures, doesn't use Photoshop, doesn't use a computer. So anything that could be played with was only in a dark room using, you know, dodging and burning, this old technique. But he couldn't manipulate the photos. And so they would get introduced. Uh, And what Legal Man was trying to tell people today in tweets was that if you find a photo on the Internet, all of a sudden you think that's evidence. There has to be this chain of custody, and that evidence has to be introduced and be allowed into court. So folks go and they chase the Epstein stuff. There's new things coming out that people are chasing on, you know, different corruption and deep state stuff. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, the state, the uh, Fortune 1000s, The tech companies, uh, other governments, world governing bodies. I mean, they're building this stuff all around you. This is the technological prison planet you're living in. The other stuff, really, honestly, I think some of it could be planted and fake. Some of it is real, but the system loves it because it keeps you distracted, focused on some Tony Soprano crime family that in the big scheme of things has nothing to do with the technocratic prison planet, which is the real issue. There's always going to be corruption and scams and schemes and crimes. But while we're looking at all that, while we're watching all these little clown acts in the three-ring circus, while we're sitting there flipping through the channels watching all the world wrestling entertainment matches going on, these guys are literally constructing this electronic prison around us. All right. And that's why I focus on this stuff, because this is the real world in which we live in. I mean, to be honest with you, let's say with the Jeffrey Epstein case, I mean, it's like true crime. Let's say they end up prosecuting one person. I'm not talking about Ghislaine Maxwell. Let's say they arrest uh, the butler you know, who worked in one of the outbuildings. I don't know. It was Jeffrey Epstein's Airbnb. Let's say they arrest this person. They have a multi-year trial and he goes down. Okay, great. Great. So a bad guy goes down. How does that stop what these guys are doing? Does that stop smart cities? Does it stop smart villages? Does it stop smart poles from going up? Does it stop real-time facial recognition from going up everywhere? does it stop artificial intelligence from replacing humans in the workforce does it stop elon musk from launching satellites into the sky that are being used to run this electronic prison planet does it stop any of that no and i know now not everyone's interested in this but i know everyone is concerned because i see it i mean everyone that pays attention Everyone that wants to understand what the world we're living in actually is all about, right, should be concerned about this because this is the real issue. This is the electronic prison that's going around you. The Epstein thing doesn't solve anything. At the end of the day, it's another distraction. And there's always 25, 30 of these things floating around that you could pick up and you could follow and you could listen to and you could research. And it's like being part of a real life true crime. And I did a lot of research on true crime and the psychology behind why people like true crime. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of the stuff we've witnessed going back at least the last 10 years has been developed by the same type of creatives that come up with true crime episodes and stories and products because you get engulfed with the whole Trump Russiagate and Spygate, all this other stuff that we just grabbed onto and we followed for two, three, four years. It was just nonstop. Even COVID land the high school theater production has evolved into the same thing, right? Now it's this doctor said this, and this scientist did this, and this one refuted this. But uh, terrain theory, germ theory is uh, real. Terrain theory is real. No, terrain theory is now a psychological operation to drive you back in. I see all this stuff going on on Twitter. We are never going to get to the answers behind any of that stuff. No one is ever going to know the truth. The truth comes from within you you have to make a decision. You accept it or you don't accept it. Are you going to get the vaccine or you're not going to get the vaccine? If you're not going to get the vaccine, then who cares about the rest of it? Are you going to vaccinate your children or you're not? We made the decision. We're not doing it. So we're not doing it. So that's it. What do I have to talk about it anymore? But this is very real because this is something that they are forcing on you Whether you realize it or not, it's coming. They are building it all around you. And so we're going to continue to break this down and show you how it all works. Because you may very well find yourself stuck inside of this electronic prison yard, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll step outside of this electronic prison and I will be right back after this short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.